Warriors have gotten to within three. Marketing and so is this kid. Again. Oh, the king of the north. Larry Marketing. Woo! Fabulous Finn. Happy Kong versus Godzilla Day, man. Is it officially out today? Mm-hmm. I'm actually pretty excited to to watch that one. I've always I really liked the Godzilla that came out. I don't know. Must the Brian Cranston one. I haven't seen the Bra- I haven't seen the Brian Cranston one. I was gonna say the um, the King of Monsters, the Matthew Broderick one. Oh, the, well, of course, but of course, of course. I'm saying in this universe of Godzilla, you haven't seen Godzilla or Godzilla King of Monsters? No. Well, I mean, I would say uh, Godzilla, cool. Uh, <laughs> Kong, Skull Island, also cool. So is this movie like a sequel to those? Like same Yeah, it's a, it's a built, but I think chronologically it goes Godzilla, Kong, Skull Island, and then Godzilla, King of Monsters is how they sequence out. Uh, they've got like 11 is in King of Monsters. They, they do just, here's the thing with these movies, and this is where I'm hoping they do with Godzilla and Kong. None of the foreplay, none of the human stories. Just give me straight monster on monster fighting. That's all I need. Like they did this thing with <clears throat> Coach Turner, Kyle Chandler's like character and his crappy wife who's trying to like exterminate the entire US. Like she's loving monsters and she's like, let them go crazy. And then Eleven's their kid. And like there's this whole thing in King of Monsters and irrelevant, dumb, super dumb. Can I watch those prerequisite movies on HBO Max? They're on, yeah, all of them are on HBO Max. So I could just binge these if I wanted to. Yeah, you could have yourself a weekend. It's a good option to have, yeah. It's a good I, I would say Godzilla. Yeah, I like what I just said. Godzilla and Skull Island is probably all you need. And then just essentially all I can say is after those two essentially just know that the, like all monsters are out and about <laughs> it's just a thing and they'll probably have some of that in this but so i want to get your opinion on this i i feel like i feel like you're someone that really just enjoys most genres of movies and i mean i know that you get in a mood for a certain genre here and there but in general like i can't think of a genre that you really don't like I've had a very difficult time enjoying more serious films during quarantine. I've been consuming as much silly over the top type stuff as possible. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because I watched sound of metal. Yeah. So I haven't, I haven't watched. Okay. I've been avoiding it because (laughs) I've, because I know, I know how heavy it is. Yeah, but it, it, I won't spoil anything. It's a very well-made movie and I did, I did like it, but I just, I left, I, I, it finished and I was just like, all right, now 
we kind of need something silly to watch because this is this is too heavy for me right now. We need more Avatar. Need more Avatar. Need more. I, I think, I think that... you should. I think I've. We had this conversation last night. I think I've rewatched. I think you should leave the show on Netflix. Tim Robinson's show. I don't. Know, oh, that's 10 been times. That that has been for me just like a cycle of like weekend night whatever it is like all right, i just need i want to put something on before i go to bed or just like have if i've got like a f- awkward amount of time or i'm like ah, I, don't I just throw that on it's one of those it's episodes. the best it's the best they're, season two's, they're filming they they wrapped up they're done they're filming wrapped up. Season that's what two. i meant to say yeah they're wrapped up uh, but i i google this probably on a bi-weekly basis of like all right well when is the, when's the release date how long is it going to take for us to finish this stuff out in post like i need this on netflix as soon as possible also shout out netflix for implementing a shuffle button i've been waiting for they it. stole my idea uh, that that Air shuffle idea sucks though. It's not it's not the right thing though because I need to pro- I need to go into when the office was on there. I need to go in the office and shuffle an episode on that. Like I need to be yeah. able to go on HBO Max and be able to like shuffle South Park and a right, South Park pick, shuffle a yeah. Fresh Prince of Bel Air shuffle a Curb. Like well Curb, I'll just pick a season of Curb and like <laughs> watch that. Through. Don't allow it for Curb. Well, Put you it on all the other shows, be, but. I, that's not necessarily like scrubs would be another one like yes i could say parks and rec office there's a there's a batch of those that i could just pick and say those are fantastic just uh, how i met your mother another one yes i i agree it's probably better utilized to find a show with like to pick an episode within a show once you've narrowed it down but nonetheless um Anyway, I'm. I just was sound of metal, good, but trying to consume as much silly content as possible during quarantine here. Which, you know, guys, it's we got to stop the surge here because France just went in lockdown for another four weeks. It's kind of getting bad again, but people are getting vaccinated, so that's good. This is old's fault. It's people. It's people that have gotten vaccinated. I think. They can still transmit it that once they've been vaccinated, they're like, I'm good. And I think there's a ton going into it. I think it's, I think it's some young people being kind of silly and being broken from being in quarantine. Now they're going out and trying to have fun. Then it's other people that have been vaccinated that are now going out and being reckless. And then it's everyone in between that's still just, I don't know, it all takes is one time of you being a little bit careless about what you're doing and then you can get it or you can spread it or whatever. Um, I feel like it's just a combination of many things, but <clears throat> we'll see. Have uh, It's looking like, I looked at the, this today, I think, I think our friend Dylan is going to win the bracket challenge. I have not cared about. I just knew I was done. It's a bloodbath. It was bad. Shout out to Dylan for having the fewest holes in that. Um, man, was I not happy that UCLA. <laughs> if Michigan would have won, I would have had a had a shot. But I can't, I think I UCLA. Watching I think point. UCLA is going to get rolled by Gonzaga. It is going to be Gonzaga bad. is. 
I guess we haven't been able to talk like Jalen Suggs is. Yeah, Minnesota high school prep basketball is getting a ton of love in the right now because Suggs coming from Minnehaha, uh, and then well, did he? What did you say? Uh, well, I can't remember. Is he from Minnehaha uh, Academy or is he from? Eden Prairie. I gotta look this up. So I, I could I could he, be there's a there's a there's a school called Mini Haha. Mini Haha uh, Mini Falls Haha Academy. Yeah. Mini yeah, Haha. Do you know do you know who Chet Holmgren is? No. Do I should I Googling who Chet Holmgren is? I'm gonna share my screen here. You can so he's the number one prep player in the next class. This guy? Oh my god. Have you not seen highlights of this guy? He look, looks like uh, the look at his look at the high school. Mini, huh? <laughs> yeah, dude. Jet Wisconsin Holker? is not the only state that has really, really silly named things. Go, this no, I, I'm I'm reflecting on this, this kid. Looks like a avi of someone you would be trying to like catfish someone with. This is the number one player in the country. Yeah, he went up against uh, Imani Bates, and he's a big deal. He's good. Dude, he's weighs like 150 pounds. Looks he like. is the skinniest man alive, yeah. Dude, I think this is something – I know I said this at one point when I was looking at Nebraska's. I thought Nebraska was doing some sort of make-a-wish type of – Yeah, Jalen Suggs is from Minnehaha Academy also. Ooh, well, uh, that helps their case and that kid's case because Jalen Suggs is dope. This guy though, what? Like this kid is skinnier than Bobo. He, he could not be bulked up. He could not be skinnier. Like could be, but <laughs> I don't know how he could be. How is he not breaking limbs on all these dunks? I don't know, but he he can really shoot. He he. It's tough because the level of competition obviously is not there. Like evaluating yeah. high school players is tough. But, like the guy can shoot. Like he's. He's seven feet tall, can handle pretty well. Do you remember there's a there is a a highlight uh, from Steph Curry's camp where a really tall, skinny white kid crossed him? No, I don't remember that. I don't remember that at all. I uh, <laughs> do you see the Steph Curry to the Lakers rumor stuff that's been popping up the last couple weeks? It's hilarious. Yes. How do you play by our king? Our king is just playing four-dimensional chess. Just this kid again. He crossed up Steph Curry. Yeah. This kid crosses up Steph Curry. Yeah, that's him. American Steph Curry. Yeah, dude. Who do you think this is? Is that the Under Armour camp? Man, that is tough. Tough, 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 tough. LeBron better. No wonder he wants to team up with LeBron. I would too if you're in by Chet Holcrum. Chet Holcrum, not even the best Chet. Chet, Chet Holmgren. Holmgren. Holm, what? <laughs> not even the best Chet. Shout out Chet Hanks. White Boy Summer, baby. Yeah, I actually want to follow find those this. rules. I need oh, to my find God. 
What a man. I need to find Chet Holmgren's stats from my from high school because I know that they're they're silly. I mean, every prospect. I mean, I, like with some of these people, like their their stats are should be ridiculous. Oh, I know. I'm just this. Um, I'm I'm gonna mark myself down as uh, skeptical. So this is the team that played against uh, Sierra Cannon at U.S. Bank and crushed them last year. Which Mini is how how beat Sierra Cannon? They killed them. Yeah. I'm not sure I can do the mental math on so many haha center Chet Holgram. It sounds like a porn name. What honestly, does? when you think about it, so he they beat Sierra Cannon. So he beat so he crossover staff and also beat Bronny. So does that mean Chet Holgram is better than LeBron? Have we ever thought that Steph was better than LeBron? Some, some, not I. Have we? We have never, ever, never, ever, ever. But yeah, they they lost to Minnehaha when Jalen Suggs was still there, though. Okay, then, then yeah, I'm not. I can't give it to 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 senior Chet here. Um, where's Chet Holgram going to college? He hasn't committed. He's a junior? Uh, he's a senior now, but he still hasn't committed. Pretty sure. Go international, you coward. I go, shouldn't be saying this about a go, go eight-year-old. shouldn't be saying that. I'm sorry, Chet. Make the best decision for yourself, young man. <clears throat> and eat lots of burgers. Yeah, you got to – Got to eat some more, my man. I can bulk him up. We'll get Chet bulked up here. Get him on the, like, Draymond Green in a matter of months. Did you uh, see our – well, I guess I'm, I'm the one of the last few standing. The, the moves that were made across battle lines today. What are you talking about? The uh, the Clippers bringing Boogie in. Oh, I did see that. I'm I'm happy for Boogie. I'm happy. Bold, that he's just bold tactic, Clippers. I understand all my hashtag Lakers better slander over the last two years, and you found my one weak point. You signed Boogie Cousins. You bastards. Yeah, this must be tearing at your heartstrings a little bit. It's, it's, it's honestly, I know how the I now know how the Fast and Furious crew felt when they thought Dom Trotto turned to the bad side in Fast and the Furious Nine. So now he's played for every LA team or California uh, can you, team. Can he's you played for every California team? Can you categorize it? He hasn't played for the. No, yeah, yes. Say so his ass played for the Kings, but he didn't baby. play for the Lakers technically. <laughs> he was on he the never, Lakers. He never played a minute, but yeah, he he has been. On the roster, every California team. He's got to be the. He is he the only person in the history of the NBA that's played for every for every California team. He's got. I well, not all those California is. teams have ever. Yeah. Uh, trying to think who else. So Lottie played for the Kings and the Lakers. 
Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot of clip. There's some clip. We got Montrez played for two. Hmm. Yeah, that's a tough one. Michael Turner. But, well, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> You're probably right. I mean, I, the, who else has played for the Lakers and, and Kings and then you toss in the Clippers and Warriors on top of that? That's insane. But I, I do want to hear, um, gotten a couple of games of Vooch under your belt as a bull. I'm curious to, to hear what you have to think about him. Dude, the Vooch thing is, I mean, he's good. He's really good. <laughs> Zach Levine having like a bum angle has not helped the first two games. Their defense has been very Miz. Um, Lay Miz, one might say. So Lay Miz. <laughs> dream a dream of any perimeter defense. Uh, Laurie's already, well, he got benched to a reserve role. So that makes sense. I mean, the pairing of him with Tice and Vooch with Thad Young, I think everyone pretty much logically figured that would be the better front court pairings. But yeah, maybe Daniel Tice is going to be a thing here. All I can say is his first, like his first half against the Warriors there night, all I could hear was the sound of just, Jersey sales skyrocketing with him. He is going to be a thing. Chicago's going to be a big fan of Tice. There's going to be a lot of number 27 jerseys walking around these streets come this summer once we all get these vaccinations. Dude, I'm telling you, he's when I watch that guy, he's the best fucking player in the NBA. (laughs) He was was as electric as someone named Daniel Tice can be. He was that and I was like, oh boy. Well, <laughs> I, I think their their lineups are kind of make sense now. Like, I they, have, nah, a they very... have a point guard though. That's the, the part that doesn't make sense. Is they don't have a point guard that makes any of it make sense. No, they don't have a point guard. That's true. And people tend to want those in the NBA. The Bulls. It's Bulls also the most. It is the. One. It's the easiest position to try to get, other than a five other than a, a competent starting center. Mm. I, I've, well, the easiest you're saying to get? Yeah, dude. I mean, you keep, I mean, I, I, there's a decent chance that people are trying to get D'Angelo Russell and Towns from, like, from the Wolves this, this, um, this offseason. I would give you, I mean, point guard there is a, in terms of the bottom tier of point guard to top tier of point guard, the variance of that is a lot smaller in terms of success. Like the, you could have the 15th best point guard in the league and the top point guard in the league, I think. And it does make a difference. But if you just had that person, I don't think <laughs> like – that at this stage in the and everything, everyone's got one except a few teams. One of those being the Bulls. No, Center, I would like, say is is, eh. I mean, you have a good one, great, but I you don't need one. No, but we're talking about different qualities here, and I'm just saying if you would want a competent starting point guard, I think it is the easy, the second easiest thing to get when it comes to starting positions in the NBA. I think it should be the easiest. You should be able to – that should be like a checked-off box. Like you should have one at this point. Yeah, so I, I think that's the offseason. 
that that's what that's what they got to figure out. They got to. gonna be long. They, they got to get long. They're gonna try to get Lonzo. It seems like they're pretty locked in on that. How much cap room are they gonna have? So there is a way for them to outright get him in the cap if they like they let go. They don't bring back Thad Sudaransky, and they remove their cap hold on Bari. Ideally, they get him in a sign-and-trade through New Orleans, and then they also do a sign-and-trade somewhere with Wari, and they can keep that. I'm not I'm here or there with Sato. I mean, he's this the he's front, office, nice. front office is going to have their hands full. The biggest thing for the Bulls they got to make the playoffs is that by, like – Well, that too. Yeah, they got to they start winning a little bit. Objective like, one, we have to win a game with Vooch on the team. Objective two, we have to win enough games to qualify for the playoffs. And then objective three, we get a point guard in the offseason. But if you don't hit objective one and objective two, then who cares about objective I'm very worried about objective one at this stage. And that is <laughs> two games. But Jakob Perto was destroying them in on Saturday night. And then – they literally scored 60 points in a half and we're still down five somehow. So you alluded to this. They have a tough schedule. No, they have one. Yeah, they have a super tough schedule. Suns, Jazz, Brooklyn are their next three games and they are on the road for those first two. So then they're home against the Nets. They're in Indiana who's been playing okay. They, they play at Toronto or at Tampa Bay and then in Atlanta. And then you got a little stretch here where you go against Timberwolves, Grizzlies, Magic, Grizzlies, Cavs, Celtics. In that stretch there is when they need to start taking care of business. And they just got to hold on tight until then, I think. I mean, the nice uh, thing they're in the East, so they – I mean, if they if that back half you just named, they ripped through like a six-game winning streak there, they could go from like the 10th seed to the 6th seed. Oh, right. They're going to be fine. They're probably going to – they could be a play-in, though, which is fun. I mean – But, of course, you don't want that. Yeah, you want to stay, stay as far far away from that as possible. That's the issue is they let so many gimme games go earlier in the season – that now all these games are very important for them. And it would have, I wish they would have not blown, granted, some of that, like that fucking ridiculous shot that Dame hit against them. It would have been really nice if that had never happened and they just could have won that game. And then if they won or lost against this, the Blazers this time around, it wouldn't be as important. But it will be, a, yeah, it's, I'm really hoping though that with some of this, cleared out dead weight or something that I'm, 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 I'm hoping for some Pat Williams light here. I hope Zach's ankles. Okay. That, that part's the, the other concerning part is that our best players ankles hurt. And he's, he tried to tough it out through the Spurs game and they've had to like give him a heart, a heart to heart. Be like, dude, we need you a lot more. <laughs> we can't have you having a bum ankle and like, playing at 70% and then potentially getting hurt and not being able to play the rest of the year. Yeah. You kind of need that guy 
I mean, I think they could go a game with a Kobe White go nuts with Vooch and Zach Sitz and okay. But Kobe got wasn't able to play against the the Warriors on uh was it two whatever that was day. Yeah. Whatever the day of the week they just played. Um dog, it's something. It is. But yeah, this Tice thing though, man, that's all I can say about the early takeaways of this is <laughs> it's going to be a thing. Yeah, the Bulls are going to be an interesting team. I think they're going to be down to the wire, though, as to what, where in the seating they're going to end up. But there's it's going just to be a nice lot of to, movement. It's, it's for me, though, and in, in regard to this, is like to have these feelings is nice. It, it's, it's a nice better place. It's a better. It's not a better place to be, but it's a better feeling to have than uh, just spin cycle of mediocrity and I don't know about these people. Like, I am happy even more so thinking about this trade deadline decisions. Is they picked a lane and they went there and they went all in that direction and at least they, they there's a path forward versus just this spin cycle of not really understanding where they're going. I mean, I think the fact Laurie's gone to a reserve role. I think you could probably surmise he's probably not going to be with the team long term. It's not a great sign. Isn't this fun? Which begs the question: They had to have gotten offers. They had to have gotten offers for for Lori. Uh, did they get the right? Well, I guess at some point you're saying I'd rather just hold on to him, and I don't think that they're going to move on. I don't. My guess is that they have a number where they're willing to match going into the offseason, and they're going to see what he gets offered in restricted free agency. And if it's within that tolerance, then they'll sign him. And if not, they're going to be okay letting him walk. But, like, even if you ended up getting worried for, like, let's say $18 million a year, I think that's tradable. I don't think that's a bad contract to have on your roster. Yeah, I was I was trying to look up what Dario Sark's numbers at because I feel like that's <laughs> that's what I'm willing to pay him. It's not high. I think Sarich is making like seven million a year. That's what I'm. Uh, yo, eight. Yeah, you're at. Oh, you're very close. Nine million? No, yeah, eight three. We'll make nine million next year. Yeah, so I don't I think I think marketing is gonna make significantly more than that. <laughs> I don't know, man. He's been hurt a bunch. He's <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I would say that for certain. He's fine. He's he's been I mean he just hasn't been available. I think if you had a bigger Sample size with him it might help, but even then, I, yeah, I like. I I think he could. That the issue with him is always is that I've, I've seen facets of it where I'm like, oh yeah, if we just did that every night, but he just kind of comes and goes, and and you can't have him and Vooch together on a lineup. I I thought that before, and then I saw one half of it, and I said, no, I'm good, I'm like. That's not going to work. So he's not. 
he's got aspirations to be more than a role player too. But I mean, we'll see, man. Well, all I know is that the most like Sarge has never been even close to like a twenty point per game guy. Laurie is pretty close. Is Laurie also? Yeah, I mean, this season he's averaging mm, 17 a game. Yeah, but that's uh... – A few seasons ago he averaged almost 19 his second year in the league. He averaged 18.7 points a game. He's – Those are bad. That's a bad – that's that's when he was – they were trying to make him the second best player on the team. Well, I know that, but, like, he's he is more efficient than Saric. I mean, he's only playing set. He's only played more productive than Sarich. I'm just like people will. Teams are going to talk themselves into paying Laurie. Like if Malik Beasley is getting 15 million dollar offer yeah. she's thrown his way, like Markman's going to get. He's going to get north of that. Just prepare yourself. I'd be. This I don't know if this is the next Ubre contract debate, but. Oh no! I can see him get it. I'm. I'm not saying. I don't see him getting it, but I just – I don't – the team that does it, good luck. Yeah. Probably going to be the Wolves. They'll probably find a way to clear enough cap to – Get him back. I mean, I'd have to see the fit and I get – maybe, but for him primarily, like, he's got to be able to just consistently be able to stay on the court. That's I mean, that's like part of this. I mean, he's played 25 games this season. Yeah, I know that. I think that if he had played every single game this season, and it was, was averaging 17 points. Yeah, I think you'd be. I think you'd be like, all right, we can get this guy 20 million. But I don't know if they would have traded for Vooch if that was the case either. I mean, I don't know. I, 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 I'm still. I don't really think it's a problem if you, if your four and your five are shooters and providing you a lot of spacing like i know i get why you want thad partnered with him and you try laurie on second units but like i still think that their ceiling is hey let's 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 get let's get a competent point guard to partner with levine and then you continue to develop um your first round draft pick that you, that you just snagged and you, you see what Laurie and Booch could do, but like, I don't, I don't know. We'll see. They, the bulls are going to be an interesting team. I'm glad I'm still happy that they made that trade, but same. No, I'm not, I'm not mad about it. Uh, dude. Uh, so those, those nets and those, uh, those Lakers, those buyouts. It does seem to be the, the, and if you haven't noticed, if you're dust this far into the podcast, I think you probably noticed that PJ and I, um, we're just having some fun today. You know, they're Congress, I think Godzilla. Thank you. The the biggest the biggest narrative that seems to be going on right now is like like the NBA needs to fix the buyout market because it's it's a complete joke when it comes to which teams get to take advantage of it and how advantageous big market teams are versus smaller markets when it comes to buyout and blah, 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 blah. And it's not, it's not the, it's not exactly the sexiest topic in the world. Um, 
I don't have super strong feelings when it comes to this because honestly, I've got some takes. Well, so my take is has when was the last time like did a buyout really, really, really shape a playoff series in the past? No, so so yes. So to that point, has it necessarily ever swung? No. I cannot think of until that happens. I'm not going to make too big of a fuss. But it's going to happen because the thing is, (laughs) (laughs) if you got you got Andre Drummond who's 29 getting bought out, like Andre Drummond is is not the Marcus. Like the Marcus Aldridge is a player that traditionally in the NBA has been bought out before for sure. The fact you have a guy like Andre Drummond. I mean, granted, he and his contract and i mean you there there's a few things going on here but we're we're like i see something and i sort of balk at in a way is when you see like the oklahoma city thunder i know i talked a lot about them last week but the fact that they're telling al horford hey man you're gonna sit the rest of the year you've got this money left and we're gonna find a place for you ever i get it from the standpoint of like the price of doing business and the standpoint of, Hey, you know what? You signed this contract. We traded for it. Cause we want to get this pick. Now we got you. We really don't really want to play you. Cause we're trying to play all our young guys. You inverse that though. Same kind of thing happened with Blake though, too. But you, if Al Horford said earlier this month, you know, I'm not, I, I, I can't do this. Send me to a contender, please. I can't be here and they can't do it. Like what, what's he like? He's out to be a bad guy, a quitter, whatever. But the, the franchise is allowed to say, you know what? Rest up. We're, we're just going to make you inactive for the rest of the year. And that's okay. <laughs> yeah. I guess I, do I think it's really weird that the Thunder are, are chose like how they handled this whole thing and how it got to this point? Yes. I've talked about on this podcast that out of all the deals, which there have been many at this point, that the Thunder used to accumulate first and second round picks, the Al Horford one always struck me as yeah. that is going to bite them. Like that one doesn't make a ton of sense. And it's not because like I've always actually even in the one season he was with the Sixers, I always thought that like, all right, if you take away this guy's contract, I think he's someone that you're going to be pretty happy as your starting five or someone that you could rotate in at, at the four or five. Like he's, he's evolved his game over time. He's still an above average rebounder and defensive player. He can provide spacing. Al Horford is a good basketball player. No, he's still it's, it's, grotesquely it's, it's, overpaid. And the fact that OKC is sitting him, um, do I think they should be allowed to do that? I don't know. I mean, most players that just say that they're not going to play or don't show up, they get fined. But the yeah. traditionally, the teams, as soon as they come and play again, they they pay. They don't. They'll give the money back that they that they had paid for the fines. So, like, I don't. I personally. I don't like it, but I think it's perfectly within the rules of, of the game that they did that, that the Thunder are choosing to do that without 
especially especially now that like if even if they ended up having the worst record in the league it doesn't significantly increase their chance of getting the number one pick than the Timberwolves or anyone else in the bottom five like the odds are not as as stacked for the worst team to get the number one pick than they have been in the past yeah I I guess where I look at it is this this would be the sort of where I see this. So I remember talking about this when Boogie signed with the Warriors of uh, basically like, I can't believe they could do this. Like, this is ridiculous, ruin the league. But at the same time, no one else was trying to sign him. Blake just reached, like, just a, literally said it perfectly. It was like a couple weeks ago, I was trash. Now I signed with the Brooklyn Nets. Now it's unfair that I signed, like, you know, that type of there, – there's that sort of area where it's like, what do you do with those guys? It, but I didn't even – I didn't – I thought it was cool and interesting when Boogie signed with the Warriors because you in, you are root for and envision at least a, a potential outcome for that team where Boogie is close to peak of his yeah. powers. Boogie, which we didn't see and haven't seen. And right. th- that's where our mind goes when we think about what happened, like what could happen with Blake with the Nets or what could happen with Drummond and the Lakers. And you could be right. Drummond could go to the Lakers and completely flip their odds in the playoffs. I think you, I, I think it will. I think granted the issue with the Lakers example is where LeBron and AD are at more than anything. But the fact right. that they if, – if AD and LeBron can start the playoffs in relatively good health and, and there's no real concerns there, um, they would have in a year turned over from JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard to Andre Drummond, Marcus Saul, and have Montrose Harrell come in. Like, that is a significantly different. Yeah, and that's where I keep coming back to is I think, if anything – which is more unfair that the Lakers were able to sign Trez at that number, which is, I think he's making full mid-level with the Lakers and, or Drummond being a buyout guy. And I think Trez is significantly more of a high value signing between those two. And Drummond could come in and he's probably going to have some like 2020 games and stuff, especially when AD and LeBron aren't playing, but in the playoffs, I don't know. I think teams can kind of scheme against Drummond a little bit. Um, I think that they're going to play a little hack of Drummond. That's that that doesn't negate the point that like maybe he could flip a series for a team like this. I, I, I remember where some I of this where some of this goes to me though is just in terms of like in, in to bring it to like the team end of it is just it's really with the contract structures of stuff is like and by no means is this at all a pair shouldn't get played paid x there is a trajectory of sorts though where like every team at this point your best practice is when your best player comes up for contract you have to max them to keep them there is no yeah it's a problem yeah because in terms of like the best player on every team LeBron James should not be making the same as the best as like the best player on the Kings or uh, yeah, 
whoever the, the case may be, I'm, name a team. I don't want to slander a specific player. I just want to slander franchises. Like, but that shouldn't be the case of like that. That's just not how this should work. It should either be you can select your best player at the time and you can hold them to a different level of like they count against the cap differently, but because I get the idea of retaining your talent and trying to build around that, but the where where the system has gone to this point is like you have to match your best player at the time, or you let them walk essentially. Because otherwise, the, like what are you doing? The way the salary cap, the way the salary cap is structured, is a little. It's out of whack. It, it, there probably needs to be some tweaks to how things work, but. I think the primary change there would be true max level players probably should get more money. Like LeBron James was his actual worth to the, to the Lakers or Giannis with the Bucks. It's like, maybe they should be making like 60 million, $70 million a year. I don't know. I mean, it should, I mean, you could, you could arguably, I don't know the, per, I mean, the perfect way is you don't have a cap and you can you, you let this, <laughs> thing that lives in a capitalistic market operate like a true capitalistic thing. Um, but like at the same time, we don't do that because NBA teams, things NBA teams love to do the most is they just love to give out dumb money. Even with all the rules that are put in place, what do NBA teams do every off season? I've definitely said this every time we've gone into an off season with cap room in place is where you no dumb money's happening. I don't know sometimes the dumb money it gets to it it, it spur it, it happens in spurts where you go okay 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 but then in two years that dumb money shows itself every single time where it's just this burning desire to hold use it or lose it and they have to use it in the offseason to get it and if you're a fan of an NBA team you just have to hope when your team's number comes up, they spend it and it ends up paying off. They're, they're drawing the cards and the right cards draw up because they, they just don't know how to wait. For whatever reason, they don't know how to wait. Where I think it could go in some regards is either you, and this is something similar I think of like <clears throat> you could do with NFL cap of, hey, the top quarterback or every team's quarterback is a separate cap from the rest of the team. NBA could do something where you get your franchise player, your max player, quote unquote, their figure is separate from the cap. So you can pay LeBron James a hundred million dollars and keep him on your team, whatever the case may be, his number doesn't count against your cap. And then you set your cap figure for everybody else so that every team can have their one designated cap person. And then that just retains them to be able to make whatever figure Michelle, well, how does that work with trades? I don't know. I don't want to figure that part out. But the idea oh. is if that person stays on that team, they get that amount of money, they're, they're capped through. Or, you know what, if that team decides to trade them or something happens, the team that designated them, they have to pay the rest of that salary. And then they get brought down to whatever a max figure you could put into a player that isn't that max player designation. Do you think that that solution helps small markets, though? Because I don't really think it does. I, I think mean, if I, I think small market, anything, if I, if I if, were if I were the, if I were the Utah Jazz, 
I would I would drop seventy million dollars to keep Donovan Mitchell, knowing right, that that's that's not really what I mean. I mean that if you have this separate cap away from this designated star player, yeah, isn't that doesn't don't you have more flexibility within the a big market to be able to sign guys at cheaper values within that new cap than the smaller markets like. Smaller markets are going to have to use more of that separate cap to retain or attract other players that aren't their star player. Right. It, there, there is no like clear cut solution to any of no, this. You, the clear cut solution is there's no cap and you keep it open, open ended that way. Yeah, or you you make more drastic you offer teams more drastic uh, options to be able to retain talent or you make it way more difficult teams that go into luxury tax. I don't know. There, there are options that you, that they could explore doing. The tax tax in and of itself is like the only teams that go into the tax are the bigger market teams. So that's where I'm like, and that gets to, uh, yeah, there, there's some of that elements I, I can't really figure out. But the idea is that. But but they're all, I think a huge reason why they're going into the tax is because they're winning. And the reason they're winning is because they have all these advantages. <laughs> I don't think that they would be going into the cap if they weren't winning at the rate that they were. You know, at the same win. time, how many truly small market teams are actually going to be left in the NBA and the next 10 years hey let's take it easy okay let's be nice no but i'm saying a true small mark i'm saying from the standpoint of timberwolves trying to sell themselves all it takes is a hedge fund to buy that like a hedge fund ownership group just similar like what happened with the bucks like you're just gonna have billionaires owning these teams and then truly well, it's, the market still is small, though. Like, their natural disadvantages to trying to get really awesome players coming to a Minnesota or coming but to – But if a billionaire owned – Or whomever. If a billionaire owned the Timberwolves and he was like, I love Carl Anthony Towns. I just, we cannot lose him ever. Pay him $100 million. I don't care. And then sign anyone. Like, people – they would do that, like – Oh sure, if if, if you Steve Ballmer more... could be like Kawhi, I'll pay you seventy million dollars a year, never leave, please, and then we'll figure out the rest with the rest of the cap against Ben every other player. Fine, they would do that. Yeah, I, I would. Uh, if if we're talking about also giving them more leniency with the cap, yeah, I would agree with that. Yes, yeah, no, then... I'm saying like LeBron could be paid a hundred million dollars. Carl Anthony Towns be paid seventy million dollars. You're talking the just rest straight, the straight spend. like Premier League. Like you're just you spend what you want to spend. When when you get well, no, but I'm saying like if you want to keep it under a cap structure, it's all right. The Clippers have their their salary to spend. They can spend hundred and twenty million dollars on all the players' salaries, except for one player. They can pay. They could literally pay Kawhi as much. <laughs> They can pay Kawhi $100 million and the rest of the team's total salary is $100 million. Yeah. I think the I think what, like, baseball has in – granted, it's whatever. It's up in the air right now. But, like, if you had a 
reasonable minimum salary that teams have to be at to make sure these teams are staying competitive. Cause I think that's really like more of a driver than anything is that you set the minimum at a level, but the beyond that it's, it's fair game. Yeah. Because if a team spent a hundred million dollars a year on LeBron James, they'd still be coming out ahead. That guy himself is an economy. Like he moves yeah. things <laughs> like Steph Curry. He's an economy. Katie own economy in, in those regards, but like we got to talk about Katie's internet antics a oh, little bit. Yeah. Let's just, let's talk about it right now. Cause I don't need to talk about cap anymore. Well, really quick before we jump to Katie Schroeder got offered uh, an extension by the Lakers four years, $84 million. And he turned that down. I'm so trying to trade him. Is that not more money that's more money than I'd want to pay Schroeder. I wonder if the Lakers offered that and that leaking, knowing that he <laughs> – when I saw that, my thought was they knew Dennis Schroeder wanted $100 million and they're like, well, we're going to offer you 84 and we're going to report that. Hey, we tried to, we tried to resign him. He wanted th- – he wouldn't take this, which was a the number they not only thought they could get away with, but that – to get your exact reaction of that, of like, yeah, I, I, $84 million for Dennis Schroeder. I don't know if I would have paid that. Like, why would he? I think it was brilliant by the Lakers on that. But well, and I the same just, counterpoint. I was like, Dennis who's going to have the cap? Who is going to be a point guard needy team? The Chicago Bulls. <laughs> with cap space this next offseason. It would pay no. north, would, would pay north of $21 million a year. The Knicks. Could be the next. It could be a neck. I mean, that's just like some of this. I just, I yeah. The if Dennis Schroeder comes up in the right year, though, he could make that for sure. Yeah, I mean, if Dennis Schroeder goes on, if the Lakers win the championship again this year, I wouldn't be surprised if the team offered him that. More than that. Four years, hundred million, yeah, something in the neighborhood. Yeah, it could happen. I mean, twenty-five million dollars for a starting point guard is pretty. It's like average, maybe. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, let's talk. Uh, KD. I'm. I don't have the tweets up, and nor do I want to say some of the words that I read between yeah, him and Michael really. Rappaport. Um. But I. He did come out of that transaction, I think, having even more of an approval rating. I don't know if you think that way, but I, I feel like that's true. Everyone was like, wow, that's really messed up. They said that, but also rap four is like the worst. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yes. Kevin Durant decided to – he was in a – you corner a guy, like you. People, we have cornered Kevin Durant, and listen, the only option he's got is to find the – I mean, he's he joined the Warriors, win championships, to be given the damn respect. We didn't give it to him. He left, went to the Nets after tearing his Achilles, and only then in that moment was he truly the highest he was appreciated on the Warriors was when he – came out from being hurt, played in a game he shouldn't have been played, and then got carted off because he tore his Achilles. 
his road to redemption then came from him showing up in a Drake music video was the first time he really tried. And some people gave him some love, but yet did not get the satisfaction he just wanted and, and, and thinks he deserves. So where does he turn next? The man is considered a, a bit <laughs> obsessed with social media, we could say. So he turns to his forum that does not show him and is probably the main source for a lot of his uh, ability to question his own self-worth. So he turns to find the one of maybe 10 to 15 figures who are hated more than him on the internet and are more polarizing, and that would be Michael Rappaport. And I I say bravo, Katie. Bravo. I could go for without the um, the homophobic stuff. Uh, that I guess would be my my primary takeaway yeah. from this. Uh, tough that, look. Yeah. Tough look. Um, I hope Nike or someone is like, hey, you know, not not great. But at the end of the day, he's people are still gonna love what he's been doing online. Like I guess the endearing part about Kevin Durant is that he. He has like when he the whole burner came out and he got caught with that. Um, he has been pretty genuine with his antics since then, which I don't know. I, I guess you're you're hurt. You're you're going to be on your phone a little bit. So I can't really blame the guy for for connecting with people online. Um, right? Yeah. Hilarious. I, I had gone a few hours since really looking at my phone or checking Twitter yesterday and then boom, that all that came out. I was like, Oh, okay. This is, this is a thing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Here's the best way I could describe the Kevin Durant stuff is. Would I ever say that to another person? No. Do I get enjoyment out of seeing another person say it to a person like Michael Rappaport? Yes. Don't hate it. <laughs> I mean, it's essentially like a reality TV. Like, there's, yeah. There, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. I, I guess I somewhat recoil from the idea of anyone looking at this and being like, oh my God, Kevin Durant, you're a role. Like, all that stuff. I'm sort of like, Eh, I think we we should know better than that. But uh, like at the same time, it's not like Michael Rapport is the kind of guy that is uh, really a, a. He wasn't talking. It wasn't like these sister Jean released some uh, DMs between her and Kevin Durant. He was doing this. Rapport worked for Barstool at one point in time. Yeah. Work for Barstool. I know he used to be tight with Bill Simmons and the whole yeah. Ringer crew. And now it seems like, like, who is he even affiliated with at this point? He's just got his own pot. I think he's just so silent. Like, he burned too hot, man. I, I, yeah, some of it is, is uh, Michael Rappaport started reading his own press clippings. What, what happened with some of us? I'll say that. I think he, he, and this is something I will say with him that I hope doesn't have a Pat Max. It was like they they came on and hit a very 
specific, like, oh, wow, this is our guy for this. And, like, then they just max they, – they took it to a maximum because they had to kind of ante up and up and up. But, yeah, Michael Rappaport is uh, – yeah, I don't, I don't really know what else. <laughs> Not your cup of tea is what you're saying. No, I mean, I found him entertaining. It's like I, McAfee's amazing, but I, I find Rappaport, he was a guy who was – like, I mean, he was like a C-level actor. And then he, he – and there's a lot of people in this where, like, they hit the internet and they figured out how to use the internet really well and entertain people more – through that medium than they did anything else and they got uh elevation and status they would have never achieved from the actual primary goal that they were trying to do they just happenstance fell into the secondary like backup plan that ended up excelling them but then all of a sudden you're like i can't just keep doing the same level like i have to kind of ante up and up and up when you're that kind of a person and you ante up to a level where you're just a ridiculous like caricature of anything ever and you remove yourself so far from the spectrum of like a functionally like person doesn't talk the way michael rap michael rapport the way he interacts with anyone online is not the way any normal human being interacts with people on a daily basis no i he's he's quite intense it's always like game faces on I'm doing this for entertainment. But yeah, I mean, the fact that he's like, the fact it's gotten to the point to where it is now, where it does seem like he has a pretty low approval rating. Um, I guess I'm glad that I, that it happened with, I'm glad it happened with Katie responding to him versus someone that doesn't suck because at least he says, yeah, yeah. It's just who does the internet not like as much, but I mean, KD send some DMs to Trumpito. Trump's off Twitter though. We can't. I, I miss. Oh it. yeah, I keep forgetting that. I forget that that was like the I last thing. It. I'll be honest. I miss <laughs> it. It's not the same. People were lost without Trump on Twitter. Well, I don't miss him. I don't miss him running our country. Sure. Yes, thank you. I do miss his Twitter. <laughs> and well, I miss it. I miss it more. So here's the thing. The Trump Twitter. Was it great that the guy that was tweeting the crazy things that he was tweeting, knowing he was running the country, was that? And people were dying, you know, and he people were storming the Capitol, etc. He's tweeting through it and, and saying these things. Is that really what you want? No, by no means. But now that he's not in office anymore, give it back to him. The guy is funny. I will tell you this right now. I don't agree with a single thing he stands for or as a person, but the dude is the funniest president we've ever had. <laughs> Just from the standpoint of the things that he is willing to say and put his name to, it's hilarious. And I'm conflicted because now probably the only way we're going to be able to actually consume any of that is through his a lens or his future his no he's gonna have like a future trump app trump website he's gonna he's they're gonna have like trump plus whatever it is it's trump max i hope it's called um he's gonna have his own like network thing where he's gonna put, throw all his content through and i i can't wait for the 
Twitter accounts and Instagram accounts that are going to pull that stuff off and then republish it for me to consume it that way. But if, if that gets stopped, like I'm a little tempted. Do I, do I try to just make a bunch of emails up to never pay him? The nice thing about the Twitter part was that we got it for free from one way or another. If we wanted it, we knew where we could go for it. If we didn't want it, we could put it away on the shelf for a bit. But now, I mean, I would love, love to just hear like Trump live stream or just go on a Trump live tweeting every Biden press conference. Would I agree with it? No. But would it be hilarious? Yes. I can't say that I miss it. Um, but I do, I do not miss there, the reaction but... to it. But now that the the stakes are removed from it, I think it can be funny and entertaining again. I think you could argue that the stakes aren't removed from it, though, because he's still shaping people's lives and ideas. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> he's not shaped, but he's not. He is not. He's not as influential, but he's he's still pretty influential. But he has as much influence says. as. I mean, it's a much larger, it's a significant base, but as any ex-president, which is ginormous. But I do not, I think his actual ability to invigor and, and create a, a, I think there was something to be said about when, and I personally not this, but I'm saying, I think there's a baseline of the people who were following him when he would say something as president, but well, the president said it. So where it's now, it's just, it's Donald Trump, ex-president said it. It's like, there's a different weight to some of it, but. Well, I agree. I'm just saying, even if it's, you know, 60% of as influential as it was, still. 60% you know, of the time it works every time. Still a lot more influential than it normally would be, but. I mean. Wow. Did not think that we were going to dive into to that in this uh, conversation. But, but hey, maybe that's a good place to wrap. Maybe so. <laughs> we'll wrap a pull. We'll wrap a pull of that. We'll wrap a pull right there. Well, nonetheless, I so we're. I don't know. It's it's crazy to to think that we're through March now. March Madness is coming to an end. Then we've got a couple of months here of regular season basketball, and then we're going to be in the thick of things when it comes to playoff time. So very, very exciting. Hopefully the Bulls can turn it around in the next week or so here and give you something to latch on to, PJ. But it was nice talking to you, my man. Good episode. Good week. Be good, everyone. See you guys. The winner takes all. It's the thrill of one more kill. The last one to fall. We'll never sacrifice their will Oh, never gonna look back On the world closing in Be on the attack With your will